at the end of our days, we want to be proud of how we spent that day. At the end of our lives, we want to be equally proud of the decisions that we've made. To do this, we need to face the hard. We need to talk it out. We need to lean into community, relatability, and understanding. We need to hear how other people got it together, how they overcame the shame, hurt, toxicity, and past trauma, and chose to move forward but nobody talks about the hard stuff enough. Life is tough and confusing, and yet we try to glide over the struggles like the glaze on a donut and expect to come out unscathed on the other side. We don't deal with the hard, we just keep moving forward, distracting ourselves with scrolling, Netflix binges, and a busy, busy life. But none of us wanna feel like we're drowning or settling in the one life that we've been given, and that's where this show comes in. I long to be a piece of the puzzle that not only extends a hand, but comes alongside of you to live well and to live with joy. On the Living Easy podcast, I dig deep and talk about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. We talk about the nitty gritty of marriage from living like roommates to the confusion of sex and intimacy. We talk about the reality of losing friendships and the art of making new ones as an adult because let's be honest, it is not always easy. And we explore essential life principles like real forgiveness, making perfect memories in imperfect homes, and how to deepen your relationship with God in a way that genuinely changes how you live and how you love. God has used the Living Easy podcast to touch hearts in nearly every country in this world. I started this journey with just a computer on my lap as a nursing mom. And since that point, I've had the incredible privilege of connecting with millions of people worldwide through my platforms and through my online courses, such as The Wife Project, From Roommates to Soulmates. At the heart of it all, it is people who make my world go round. Relationships matter, and how you feel about your life at the end of your life is of great importance. And that is why I pour my heart into connecting with you. People are everything to me, and I share my own stories of my mess, the hardships, and my big mistakes on this podcast, paired with all of the wisdom and the lessons that I have learned along the way to bring you freedom. So let's be friends, click subscribe, grab your favorite warm beverage, and get cozy. I'm Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is Lindsay, and it has been a while, but today, Jesse, my husband, is on with me. He's back. (laughs) I haven't had you on in quite a long time, actually. Why haven't you invited me? (laughs) That's what I want to know. I don't know, actually. But I'm excited for you to be here. And this is actually a conversation that Jesse and I started a couple of days ago. We really were passionate about it. And so we wanted to continue the conversation with you guys. Essentially, what we were talking about is people who celebrate one another and how those people are just the best people to be around, but also those who grieve with others. So somebody who celebrates you in your greatest moments and somebody who grieves with you in your lowest moments. So part of what we were sharing at that time, I was telling Jesse about something that's really exciting in my life and how it's pretty crazy when you have something monumental happening to see how supportive some people can be and how they can just like cheer you on, right? And make you feel so seen. And you don't have to ask for their support, but they're like, hey, tell me more. What else is going on? They're checking in. What's the status on this thing? And I guess for me, as somebody who really values relationships and also values feeling seen, it feels very (laughs) special to me. 
but equally how painful and hard it can be when you have something happening in your life, like an event or an accomplishment or anything that feels like a really big deal to you. And maybe you get like a quick pat on the back, great job, move along. And then they completely forget that anything is happening. And I'm a really forgetful person. And so I have to be, and I'm not saying I'm great at this. Like it really challenged my heart to want to be that kind of person. But I try to take notes on people and it's so silly. I swear I'm like onset dementia (laughs) because I forget conversations that I have pretty quickly. Well, you have a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Yeah, that's true. Um, but but I, yeah, I I think that there's also a completely different aspect to that conversation that we were talking about in regards to having that praise also was just knowing and the way that I think and process things is no one's going to show up. Mm. So we were kind of opposite in that to where you definitely like to have you know, you like to encourage people. Mm -hmm. And I think we love how we want to be loved sometimes. And so you're pursuing people in those things and you try to celebrate and love and be sad with people. And you're very good at that. You're way better at that than I am. And me being the opposite, though, I feel no one's going to show up. You fear that nobody's going to show up because you struggled? No, no. I just, I look at things like, I'm not looking for anyone's praise and I don't want their praise because I feel like no one's going to show up. What I tell myself is no one's going to be there for me. So I have to pick myself up. I have to move forward and do things and take care of things without waiting for someone else because no one's going to be there. And I don't look at that as like that depressing. Makes me so sad. No, I know. I and I don't. I just it's something that encourages <laughs> me to constantly <laughs> move and constantly do things without waiting for a signal from someone else mm-hmm. and without waiting for any type of expectation from someone else just with that mindset. So it helps me and encourages me. But yeah, we I think that's kind of what we were talking about too, because at the same time you were kind of sad about, you know, some reactions that you get to something exciting that's going on in your life to where you're just like, you know, it kind of takes a little bit out of you, you know, and I don't feel like you were, you know, doing the poor memes or anything. You were just kind of shocked, Mm -hmm. you know, at some of the responses. And that's kind of how I was in a weird way trying to encourage you was, well, you know, no one's going to show up. Let's just push (laughs) forward. Expect the worst, hope for the best kind of mentality. That's so interesting, though, because one, I think it's really sad (laughs) because you had like really where I'm such an evaluator. So I'm like, we've had really consistent family in your life. You've had solid friendships, like probably more quantity, more like solid friendships than I've had in my life. Um, And we've been together for a really long time. So what do you think makes you feel like? nobody's going to show up? Or is it just that you don't care that they show up? I'm just so curious. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I, I think it's just maybe a defensive mechanism of my mm-hmm. mind mm-hmm. to be af- like afraid of expecting someone to show up and them not. So I just automatically anticipate, hey, no one's going to show up. Mm-hmm. I just need to move forward and 
do things because I'm the person that has to just do and, and has to show up because no one else will. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it could be a defensive thing. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's, it's the protective. safe route. You're protecting your heart. Sure. Well, and it can get really confusing. And this is the verse that I'm going off of for this. It's Romans 12, 15 through 18. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, meaning conceited, self-important, thinking you're exclusive, but associate with humble people. And I think that's so important because... I like how scripture tied that together, like celebrate with the people who are celebrating and weep with the people who are weeping and have that. What that says to me is that's depth. Like that's a relationship with very real intentionality and commitment and conversation because you're not able to come to a place where you can genuinely with a genuine heart celebrate somebody that you're not very much connected to because we're so drawn to envy or the temptation of wanting to be better or to beat them in something. And then to weep with those who weep, that takes a lot of empathy, which is something I have always like prayed for more of to have that kind of empathy that just draws me to tears when somebody else is in tears because I want to feel what they're feeling. But I love how in scripture it's tied to live in harmony with one another, which means not being divisive, not being competitive, and do not be conceited or self-important or exclusive. And so as I say that, it's so interesting because when I shared with you, this is such a huge moment for me, which for you guys, I will I will share in time. I'm just not able right now. But it's such a huge moment for me that, and there have been so many people who have celebrated the journey so far, but it, I feel really selfish, like wanting people to care. Because I want to not be conceited or feel that I'm self-important. And I envy and admire your ability to be like, oh, it doesn't matter if they don't show up. But I find that in healthy relationships, it's probably just a balance between those two things. Like I am on one side of the spectrum and you're on one side of the spectrum. Yeah, you think our balance is what's positive or what do you mean by that? No, I mean like I think that you maybe should have more of a cuz you have you're much more introverted you withhold a lot of information you're kind of like you live in your head would you say for the most yeah, part yeah yeah sure and then i verbalize literally everything that crosses my mind and so community is easier for me i'm much more extroverted i live outside of my head but i'm saying i think that a balance between you and me is where the healthy line is of Like you probably need to invest more in relationships and getting to know like the depths of what people are going through and asking about their successes more. Would you agree with that? I agree with you. I think that and and I even told you, I think it was in December. We were talking about it recently where I, I I was just talking about certain people that I feel have been very good in reaching out to me and Mm -hmm. I want to be better at reaching out to people. And I, I guess in my mind, I need to, yes, be reaching out to people, but with an audience of one is, I think, where struggle sometimes if I lean too much that way, mm-hmm. I start to find no matter what, you're relying or depending on other people's praise or confirmation or whatever it is more than I should be when mm-hmm. it should be, always be just an audience of one. Like mm-hmm. it, it should always be just Christ who I'm 
concerned about, mm-hmm. who I'm worried about, and um, and and you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. and and then everyone else, it's just me needing to be better at pursuing them, but not expecting anything back from them, mm-hmm. and still feeling like having that mentality of no one's going to show up for me outside of God, but that's between me and him, Mm -hmm. me and him personally. And I find it, I can have a more positive mindset because I'm never really expecting that other person. You know what I mean? Like I'm not having these expectations that let me down because I'm not getting a certain type of response from person X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Instead, I'm just constantly just knowing like God has seen that and that's kind of all I need to focus on because when you look at the other things, I and you tell me, do you feel like when you are, you know, wanting people to do those things like and, and it doesn't happen or it doesn't come to fruition exactly how you expect it, do you think it kind of messes with you mentally and like puts you maybe in a bad or negative place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a very bittersweet experience for me because absolutely like everything you just said is so challenging to my heart. Like it makes me feel so many things because I want that. Obviously, as we talk about the Enneagram a lot, but like I'm supposedly now an Enneagram two wing three, which shifted from a three wing two, which for me feels like growth, but that's like the giver and then the achiever. And both of those personality types are very focused on people supporting you, being encouraging of your life and your walk. And that's because that's how you are. Like you, you're, like you said earlier, my love language is showing people how much I care, whether that's like generosity or showing up or calling and checking in. And so then you can get to an unhealthy place. I can get to an unhealthy place where I then expect it of somebody else. And if I don't get it, for me, it's not like, oh, how dare they not pay attention to me? It's more, you know, I'll like crawl in my bed and be like, I don't think they like me anymore. I don't feel like they care about my friendship anymore. And it becomes self-deprecating and it becomes really selfish. So I think that's the bitter part of it where you have these expectations that are unhealthy to where you're so right in shifting the perspective back to Jesus and being like, no, this is all that matters. Like his approval, his awareness, his will for my life. That's it. I definitely struggle with wanting that friend to call and check in. But on the opposite side of it, I also think it's a really sweet thing to be in relationships and friendships kind of like I have with my people and also even with you to where we do show up for each other. And for the most part, like my friends, almost all of my friends are just incredible at this and they make me want to be better to have people checking in like, hey, Lynn, what's happening here? Hey, how did this launch go? Or hey, how is this episode doing? Like little things that I wouldn't even think that they would think to ask makes me feel really valued. And it just makes me, I think, lean into that relationship even more and reminds me to be that to them. And like I was saying earlier, like I'll put notes in my phone of this person has this going on this month or this person has this happening next month. Make sure to check in, put it on your calendar, set an alarm. Um, This person lost their parent or their sibling on this date. So I'll set it in my calendar and I'll put a date so that I can send them flowers or just a text saying I'm thinking of you. And I think that 
it's really not much. It doesn't take much to let someone know like, hey, I love you Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking of you and I value what is important to you. Like if you find it important, I equally find it important. Yeah, no, and I I agree with you 100%. I think that it's just the people that do that. It does something, you know, it just makes you feel you know, loved and special mm-hmm. and appreciate mm-hmm. that person too and respect them for doing that. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was it was a challenge to myself to where I want to be better at that. Mm-hmm. And, and especially I feel, you know, even when we first moved out here to Tennessee, one of the first conferences they had at church was, what Tim was it Tebow. called? Yeah, it was with Tim Tebow. What was it called? It I was like, oh, it was, don't go alone. Yeah. And the reason why that phrase is key for men and what they talked about at the conference was just for us guys, it's sometimes just we don't think we need someone. Yeah. We, you know, we don't want to feel uncomfortable and ask another man for help or mm-hmm. we don't want to inconvenience another guy either mm-hmm. and, and just be like, hey, you know, here's some stuff going on. Like I, I find that difficult and I think a lot of men do find it and that's why that was the key topic at mm-hmm. the conference was, you know, don't go alone. And they wanted to encourage other men to bring a friend, you know, mm-hmm. bring another guy. And I think that, you know, for for me, it was, again, the whole idea is just a good challenge because I think that men do need that. Mm-hmm. We just don't always open the door for it. So, But do you find that when you do – this is a huge topic. So wives, go grab your husbands because I believe so strongly in grabby this. Grabby kids. Grab, oh, <laughs> um, oh but, he says hide your kids. Hide your kids. Grab. Hide your wife. Oh, but God. men today have so many challenges and they are fighting silently like these financial burdens and leadership burdens and – just having children can create so much stress and stress and pressure. You're fighting all of this alone, knowing, hey, I do kind of need somebody to talk to, but I feel we are talking about it, or I just feel like I'm gonna get over it. I'm gonna manhandle it and like figure it out. But when you do finally reach out to someone and you're just like vulnerable, you did this recently. You're like vulnerable, you're asking questions, you're wanting to know more about them. And then it in turn turns into conversation where you can unload a little bit or share some of your own struggles. Do you find that it gives you a sense of freedom? I think that it, I, I never walk away from the conversation thinking I should have never done that. Sure. For sure. I, it's always beneficial. Biblically, we should as, as men be praying for each other and, mm-hmm. you know, having those conversations and knowing how to pray for and, and lead each other and be there for each other. So mm-hmm. I've never regretted it. It's just something that is very difficult. And I can't pinpoint <laughs> that. I, maybe some pride? philosopher can. Like pride t- or embarrassment or like when you really, really, really just acknowledge your truth. If you were to say, hey, I'm having financial struggles or, hey, I'm really struggling with my wife and I'm considering this or I'm really tempted by pornography. I'm just using examples for people. When you think of going to somebody for that, is it vulnerability? Is it like, oh, my gosh, my ego is just going to be crushed? Is it I want to appear a certain way? What is it that prevents it? I know it can be different. I I mean, I'm sure it could be one or all of those things. I mean, in in all honesty, I, Mm. I can't. It's probably a mix of all of them. And I think that... What gets you out of that then? When I am maybe more in tune with my like 
having like a more sensitive side, Your feminine side. my feminine side. <laughs> I, you know, guys, typically when I want to do that, I just go and drive my car into one of the curbs and drive away. You're so sexist. I heard with driving. Nate Brigatsky said that. Actually, it's his. It's his. Can't cancel him. When I'm in that mood, I can be a little bit more that way. When mm-hmm. when do you get there? When when is that happening? I think for the most part, usually in my mind, it's just constantly, how do I take care of my family? What am I doing for my family and my wife? And you know, how can I better do things? How do we need to take care of and fix it? I, so I think a lot of times I just feel like it's a waste of time to be doing that versus just doing. Because I a lot of times I feel like I know the answer. I don't want to go and talk to some person about it because I feel like I know the answer already. I know mm-hmm. even how I need to be feeling. I, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, and that's just the way my mind works. I'm always, you know, counteracting my thoughts and mm-hmm. questioning my thoughts. And I think a lot of times I'm just like, well, I know what the outcome is going to be. I know what I need to change. I know what I need to do. It's just sometimes not doing it, you know, for whatever reason. And then I just don't want to waste my time like mm-hmm. going and talking to someone. But again, but then when we do like we, when you do, it's always to so yeah. many men and we actually had this like blowout fight and it was what, like a year ago, probably we ended up talking to close family who we've always talked to because we respect both of them and their views on marriage. And I felt like for both of us, they're willing to challenge. They're willing to call us up. They're also willing to humble us a little bit. And I feel like you, even in that conversation, like your mindset shifted because you're like, no, this is like black and white. This is black and white. And he's like, no, Jesse, that's not totally black and white. And for me, she's like, Lindsay, humble yourself and (laughs) admit this and admit this and you're wrong here. And so I feel like it helped. It just any community because here's the lie. I think the lie is that friendship is a sacrifice from the greatest thing, which is like your family and God. Because it takes up your time. And I think that why that's a lie is not only is it written throughout all of scripture to be a part of fellowship, to be a part of the church, to be a part of the body of Christ, but also that it strengthens you to be that better person for your son or your daughter or your spouse and to then love them better because they kind of are a reflection of you. And the more we're constantly looking in the mirror at ourselves, we can get very self-centered as individuals that having someone else to celebrate, having someone else to mourn with, having someone else to go to when you're struggling helps with that reflection. And they're willing to kind of show you the depths of your heart in a way that is loving, but it then helps you to go home and be better. Yeah. And there's never regret. Mm -hmm. And there's always a positive walk away from any time we've met with someone or had to talk to someone, regardless of not wanting to, you sit down, you talk to someone and then having, you know, a middle person Mm -hmm. look at the picture. Yeah. The picture from the outside. Yeah. It's always beneficial. And it's just one of those things to where we're like, oh, you know, we should do that more. Mm -hmm. And we just don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think that what it comes down to is just the essentials of knowing that people matter. And that even in our moments of solitude, in moments of celebration, in moments of grief, that people really do want to support you and love you. But it is easier to love and support someone who has loved and supported you. Like it's just the reality of how we are as human beings. 
And while that is not the selfless way, and while I want to be someone who is selfless, that I will give and give and give lovingly to of myself and of my time to someone, even if they don't always give that back, that it feels like a more mutual relationship when you're willing to give that to one another, right? Well, I, I love what you said and how you said it. People, they want to love you and don't always necessarily have the opportunity to sometimes. And I think in my mind, I try to always just be thinking of that as like a positive as to like benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like giving everyone else the benefit of the doubt. And and the reason why I say that is like, I just, I always think of, it's just the, one of the best things I've ever heard from C.S. Lewis in mere Christianity, where he says, I can tell what everyone else is because like he is the same package. Like if someone was, if he was a white box with a red bow on it and it was dropped off at everyone's door and something was inside of it, he would be able to take a pretty darn good guess in regards to what's inside of each of those boxes because someone gave it to him. Mm-hmm. And so he is a human container. So he can have a pretty good idea of what most humans, most, not all, but what most humans are thinking and or are capable of. Mm. With that being said, like I know in my heart and in my mind, like I really do want to be celebrating people sometimes. And there's so many moments where I'm like, oh, I want to call this person or I want to text this person. I want to do this and I want to like see this person and I don't. Mm. But life is happening and I still need to be better at making time for that. But I know that the idea and the thought is still there. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that no one's going to show up because they don't care or love me. It's just that stuff happens Mm -hmm. and things are going on in people's lives. And if I'm thinking the best of them, then I'm not going to tarnish my relationship with someone because you're stuck in a victim mindset. Yeah, because they, you know, they didn't reach out to me here or they didn't message me when I thought they should or they weren't celebrating or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And going back to what you were talking about at the beginning, like I've had a lot of really good long term relationships with friends because we can always pick up where we left off. Mm -hmm. And it is the most comforting thing in the world with some of my buddies where we don't have that. Like we can always just continuing on healthy expectation. Yeah. And no matter how long it's been, like even if we've missed a birthday, which Mm -hmm. sometimes like me and Kevin or Lucy, like we've missed multiple birthdays. Like we didn't tell them anything and vice versa, Mm -hmm. but like we could reach out at any moment in time and everything is just normal. Yeah. And we all just kind of love each other the same. And I, I like to think that way mm-hmm. in my mind. And that, that's I'm not saying that's right. Mm. It just helps it, me be in a good mental state, I yeah. guess. I think it gives grace in a way that God gives grace to us. That like, how often do we forget to pray or thank God for something good that happens? Or, I mean, I just think there are so many areas and yet God continues to rejoice with us, to weep with us. Mm-hmm. And scripture talks about how he, he counts our tears and he celebrates in those moments. And I just think that when we see it as something that the Holy Spirit has given us, this ability to selflessly celebrate someone without envy or competition and to empathize with and love someone, but also to do it in a way that is without expectation, Mm -hmm. we live a much happier life, like a much more free life. And I've seen it so much, even in my friends that I've met here recently, it's been so humbling to meet people who 
have only known me for a certain amount of time, but are so deeply invested in my world and in my Mm. life and care about those things that it just teaches me. It teaches me to be better and that their love for God and their heart and their passion for people and like who God has placed in their lives is so evident and sweet that it encourages me to seek Jesus more and to ask him to make me more Mm -hmm. like that, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Good conversations. I feel like we go on and on because we have such different viewpoints of this, but it challenges me to hear you. And I, I want to continue rejoicing over the people in my life and like sitting with them in the depths of their pain. I think with grief, especially, I don't want to just hide from people's grief because it feels hard to deal with, or it feels like Mm -hmm. you don't know what to say, or you don't know how to address it, but to instead just be like, Hey, I'm a body and I will just be here to listen or to Mm -hmm. just be present. Um, in the same way. And it can be kind of a scary thing, but I think anyone who's walked through grief knows that that person made a massive impact on their life in that season. So yeah, it's good to just be there for people in general. And for me personally, you know, there's times where I don't feel like, you know, I always have the right words to say, and I don't feel like I know exactly how to, you know, whatever, talk someone through a scenario or coach them through. So it's been helpful to even just be there and just be like, hey, man, like, I know, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. everything. And I'm just, I'm here, Mm -hmm. you know, and just being a, a warm body that's there for someone and going out of your way for them sometimes just makes a world of a difference for someone too. Mm -hmm. In summary, as any, for any men that are listening, we need to challenge each other more Mm -hmm. to get uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and reach out to each other and just know that we're all usually roughly going through the same stuff. We're going through the same issues. We're thinking the same things. We're feeling the same way. And it's good to just have someone to be there for the hard things and also for the good things. You know, just being able to celebrate more with each other is just so important. And I think it's going to help us not only just with our own uh, mental state and where we're currently at, it's also going to help us loving our family and our kids more. Yeah. To just being able to get those things out and encourage each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage you guys in closing just to look at the ways throughout scripture that God rejoices over us and to look at his promises and to look at the callings that he has for us to be in community and fellowship and really just to kind of get outside of ourselves. Maybe if that's one goal of 2024 to lose sight of ourselves, because when we get trapped in that constant mode of self-evaluation or self-deprecation, it doesn't do anything but bring bondage. But freedom comes when we're serving other people, when we're focused on them and what they have going on, and when we're taking note of those things in a way that matters to us, not just as a quick side note. So just look through because God's heart is just poured out throughout the Bible, and our goal is to live like he did. So We love you guys. We thank you for being here with us and we will talk to you soon. Bye. See you guys.